Hello, Mama. Hope you're having a glorious day. I'm excited to be here with you. I just get so much energy from talking to you. It's just the coolest thing that I get to be here. And I'm just so blessed that you are here with me. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for just all of your encouragement you send me in the Facebook group or in the reviews or wherever it is. I just can't tell you how much it means to me. So just wanted to stop and say that. Um, before we jump in, I do want to read just a quick review because I have not done it in a minute. And this review just, it always hits my heart, but <laughs> I just, it just means the world. So, um, and the reason I'm reading this to you is to remind you, hey, if you haven't stopped and left me a written review on Apple Podcasts, just pause this episode, take a minute and do that literally, just take 60 seconds. Uh, the reason that I ask you to do this is one, yes, it encourages my heart and I do need that encouragement to keep going, but also it helps this podcast get more visible to more women so that they can find hope and freedom and joy like you have found. So it helps me so much. If you just want to say thank you for everything that I'm doing, then this is the best way to do it. So pause, go leave a start and written review on Apple podcasts like this one, um, or even in whatever words that you have to say. So this is what grateful girl mom wrote. She said, I am so blessed to have found this amazing woman of God. This is my new favorite podcast. That amazes me. I, God is crazy. And she said, I've listened to quite a few mom podcasts and this one tops them all. She is so real, funny, relatable, and brings the word into all of it. So grateful for this community. Uh, thank you, Grateful Girl Mom. That really means the world to me. I'm glad you find me funny and I'm not just sitting here laughing alone. That, <laughs> seriously, that that very well could happen. Um, but yeah, thanks for taking that minute. And um, thank you for listening and taking that minute as well. And uh, hey, we are full swing in the academy. And although the promotion I had just as we launched it is over, I just want to remind you the doors are always open from now on, unless something shifts far in the future. Um, the doors are always open so you can join at any time. It doesn't have to be a certain, uh, day, a certain week, a certain month you can join today. So come and apply. I would love to learn your story and walk alongside you for an entire year and just help you with uh, healing and your relationships and stepping into calling. So would love to see you there. Again, you can find more information at morningmamaacademy.gr8 as in the number eight.com. Can't wait to see you there. Okay, mama, enough announcements. I'm so ready to jump in today. So the, the this episode comes from... One of the questions that I am doing an interview for tomorrow, and uh, it's for Hope Networks, and they have uh, like a, a membership community for moms called Awaken Moms. I'm so excited about it. It seems really cool. But they asked me to come and do an interview, which I'm so honored by, and I just loved some of their questions that I was preparing for, and I thought, hey, I would love to share these with my moms. Like, well, I want to share this with them because it was such a great question, and I imagine if they're asking it, there's so many of you asking it. And so the question we're going to answer today, and this is verbatim how they wrote it. Um, so go check them out. Hope, wait, Hope Network, Awaken Moms. So they said, what are some ways you teach your kids about how to form their own biblical beliefs about what is true and what is false? So how do we teach our kids to form their own beliefs about what is true and false based on the Bible? What does that look like? And I think this is something we all can lean into. 
I have a few thoughts. I'm sure you have some more tips too. So post those in the Facebook group, but I would love to share mine with you today. And I hope it just spurs some good movement in your home. And I'm excited. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, mama, I'm so excited to dive into this question today. You know, I know this question is so relevant because of the world that we live in. Uh, the world we live in is based on relativism. The, the culture says that your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth and that we live our own truth. You, I know you've heard that everywhere you go. And so this is the world, as many of us have reflected on, that our kids are growing up in. And we know it's only going to go more and more in this direction. And so the question comes is, what do we do with this? How do we raise kids that can live in this culture, be relevant and be a light in this culture, and yet stand firmly on biblical values and what the Bible says without go in a different direction, right? There's there's so many screaming voices saying that uh, some of the things in the Bible are wrong um, and not even just wrong, but bad, right? That that the the what the what the Bible outlines uh, specifically in terms of sexual ethics and gender, um, that those beliefs are wrong. And so and, and there's many, there's many more things as well that that culture is kind of against biblically. Um, and you know, even just Jesus, right? The premise that Jesus is the one way to God culture does says, no, 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 no. Everyone has their own truth. Right. And so we need to, as Christian parents, and Hey, first of all, if any of you are struggling with these beliefs and you're trying to figure out what it looks like to walk out your faith, what does the Bible really say? What do you really believe? I really encourage you to press into this. It's so essential that you have a firm biblical foundation. And I know how challenging it is in our world. I know I've had to wrestle through these questions myself and it, it took time and it took a lot of hard conversations and it took, um, you know, a lot of this I did in seminary when I was going to get my uh, degree in marriage and family therapy and I took some Bible classes and, you know, I, I worked this out in like going into the library there and going into all the commentaries and trying to figure out what the Bible really said about things because culture is very loud. And so I was confused. So do that work. Uh, that's like free number one, you know, that's not my number one, but it's going to be the, the one before the one is make sure you know the truth. Make sure you know what you believe, know what the Bible says, and can stand firmly in that. Because if your kids, you know, are trying to learn these from you, they're going to be questioning things. And they are going to be faced with this stuff far before we want them to. They're going to have to uh, wrestle with some of this stuff. And so we need to be prepared and have answers that are clear for them. We need to be able to point to scripture to direct them. So make sure, first of all, you do the work so that you can stand firmly on what you believe, firmly on what the Bible says. And to do this, 
like go to the right sources. <laughs> There's so many great sources out there. Uh, I hope you're in a church that, that preaches truth and speaks about this kind of stuff. If you're not, um, Hey, well, get in a church. Now I'm sneaking into my number one. We'll get there in a minute. But, uh, my church did just recently actually we're in the middle of it right now do this amazing series, just kind of unpacking all of this, unpacking, uh, the five big questions that everyone is asking. And it really goes into all of this and breaks it down in a way where you're like, Oh my goodness. I now understand. I understand like what the Bible says. I understand why I feel like this in the middle of culture. I understand why these questions are such a struggle and I understand why so many people are getting it wrong. And so I just encourage you, if you are questioning your faith at all, go check out that series. Uh, the I'll, tr- I'll link it in the show notes, but the, the church that I go to is called the Movement Church. The series is called Wonder, um, and <clears throat> make sure you find the right movement churches. Apparently a lot of movement churches out there. Whenever I go searching, uh, I just see a lot pop up. So my pastors are Pastor Carrie and Megan Robinson. So I will link it in the show notes, but I really, for any of you that just want a little bit of strengthening of the foundations of your faith, go and watch that because it is so good. So powerful. Okay. It's just five weeks long. All right. So now that that is your free number one, let's go into my number one. And I just have six six tips for you today just to help your kids lean into figuring out what their biblical beliefs are, to to knowing the truth, being able to decipher for themselves and stand strong in what the Bible says. These are just what I have learned. Obviously, my kids are very small. I'm still learning things. I know there's going to be more things I learn as they grow bigger and are actually faced with a lot more of this stuff because, you know, a lot of the stuff in, in the culture, my kids haven't quite been confronted with it head on yet because they're a little bit sheltered. They're, you know, their main communities are church and Christian school or home, right? Some of them aren't even in school yet. So I know there's going to be a lot more that I have to say on this as the years go on. So just stay tuned. (laughs) And then for those of you that are a little bit ahead, Hey, pop into the Facebook group, just, just share your wisdom. Like even just start a thread and say, Hey, Um, you can either ask the question, Hey, what are your tips for older kids and and this? And I think these will apply to older kids as well, but I know some of you have some more tips. So just make sure you go there. Uh, you can find our Facebook community. If you are not in it yet, if you go into Facebook and search for morning mama collective, you can also use the link in the show notes. I would love to see you there. And, uh, you'll get to meet Lauren who leads our Facebook group and she's just incredible. So can't wait. Let me hear all your tips. I need them, but here we go. Okay. So number one, Um, I already kind of already said this, but in order to help your kids develop their own biblical beliefs, you need, this is essential. This trumps all of them is to get in a church and get in a church that, you know, where God is calling you, of course, but speaks life into kids, speaks identity into kids that, that honors, like values kids that they, they see kids as important and they're pouring into them as well. Because the thing is you cannot do this alone. Your voice cannot be the only voice that they hear with these truths. There are so many voices, like I already said, screaming so loudly at them, these other opposing viewpoints of of what the Bible says. And so you're going to need a team, (laughs) a village, to help these kids know what 
the Bible says, and to really believe it. I don't know if you, you know, maybe you are disconnected from church community right now, or maybe you have been in the past. And I don't know if you have noticed, but when you are disconnected from community, it is so incredible how quickly your, the strength of your faith can, can waver. You know, I have had seasons in my life where I was, you know, plugged into a church, but, you know, kind of drifted a little. Maybe I stopped serving. Maybe I kept missing Sundays, just watched online, you know, whatever it was, whatever the reason, there have been seasons like that in my life. And it is crazy how quickly in those seasons I start just questioning things like, huh, like, does the Bible really say that? I don't know. Did God really say that? Right. And that's like, so in the Garden of Eden, that's exactly what happened when sin entered the world and the snake deceived Eve. And, you know, he said, did God really say that? And so that Satan doesn't have any new tricks. They're going to be the same old tricks. And so that voice is going to start coming at you. It probably already comes at you even when you're in a church body, but you have a lot more strength to fight it because you have a community surrounding you, reminding you of the truth, reminding you that you're not crazy to believe this, right? Do you ever like stop and think that? Sometimes I just, I I think so deeply all the time. And so sometimes I'll just think like, wow, can all of this really be true? Like, this is crazy if this is true, right? Like I believe it with my whole heart. And yet when I stop and think about it, it just blows my mind. And I think part of that is because, you know, we, we serve an infinite God and we are finite people. And so we cannot fully comprehend what eternity is like, what, what, who God is, like we can only capture just a small fraction of it. And so, you know, there's some gaps in, in our understanding and there always will be until we get to heaven. And so it can be so easy if we're not in a community that is reminding us of the truth. And it is truth. Like you can dig in, you can do the, the scientific research and you will find the same conclusion that this is true. But when you aren't reminded of that, it's so easy for culture just and and Satan just to get a little crack the door open of doubt. And once that door is cracked, gosh, does it just get pushed all the way open. And so, you know, you, when we are not planted there, it just leaves that that there's, first of all, there's just less spiritual protection. There's actually a spiritual protection that comes from being in a church body, but then also just in terms of our thinking and, and how we perceive truth, it so easily can go down the wrong path when we are not connected to a church. So if you've noticed that in yourself, the same thing is true of your kids. Your kids need to be in a church. Now, you know, right now my kids are little, right? So they have people at our church that pour into our kids. I love how my church says it. They say that we're not just babysitting. We're speaking identity into these kids. And so you want a church like that. But also if your kids are older, you need a youth group. Like kids need to be surrounded by peers that believe the same thing and have amazing leaders pouring into them, teaching them that same thing. It just, it cannot just be your voice alone. So I know I talk about a lot on here and that's because it's, essential to be in a church. So let this be your wake up call to say, Hey, now is the time, not next Sunday, this Sunday, we're going this Sunday. We're going to start trying out churches around us. Okay. If that's you pause this episode right now and go start searching. If you don't know where you're going to go in a church around you, go start searching Google search. That's how a lot of people find our church. (laughs) Go start searching for churches in your area. Okay. Don't, don't play, don't push play until you have somewhere where you're going to go this Sunday. That's how important this is. 
All right, number two is be in the word with your kids daily. It's funny, as I'm reading all of these, I'm realizing <laughs> the only way to do these things is to first apply them to yourself. So I, I'm pretty sure it'll be true of all of them, but I love this. So yes, be with your kids in the word daily, but it does start with you. You need to be in the word daily. Uh, that is essential making sure you are spending that time with God. I say it all the time, so I don't need to go on and on about it, but that is how you will be equipped to fight these battles. That is how you will be equipped to teach your kids. That's how you'll be equipped to stand firm in the truth when culture says otherwise. You need to be in the word, okay? So with your kids though, what this looks like, and I did an episode on this, so I'm not gonna go too in depth into this, but make sure you're reading the kid's Bible every day. Make sure you're telling them a Bible story in the car every day. Now, you don't need to be legalistic about this. We probably don't do it seven days a week, but I do my best. It's my goal every day to do this, and we you know, aim for that, and we miss it sometimes. But let this be a regular rhythm in your home. Uh, I have another a client that they do their family devotionals at nighttime before bed. I love that. I want to try that idea. Um, you know, so it doesn't have to be in the morning. I know mornings can be crazy. It can be at any point in the day, but pick a, pick up a good point in the day, like one, one time, because then that time when it comes, it's going to cue you to say it's time to read the kid's Bible, right? So it's bedtime. Oh, that means it's time for us all to have our family devotional before we get the kids to bed. Or, hey, it's the school ride, the, the car ride to school. Now is the time to do our family devotional. Okay. You get the idea. I went into this. Go check out the episode where I say um, something about how to teach your kids about the Bible. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so yes, uh, reading the kids Bible, telling Bible stories. Um, essentially the, the, the core of it all is just in order for them to stand firm in the truth and to have their own beliefs of the Bible, they need to know the truth that needs to be in their heart and needs to be inside of them. And I really do believe that, you know, even if your kids have a season where they stray away and God forbid that, like, obviously that is, not what we want. The cool is that they, you know, and I pray this over my kids every night that they will follow God all the days of their life and not turn to the right or to the left, right? So that's our prayer. But it happens. There are so many families I know where this has been the story of different kids. And so at some point it might happen. But the the thing is that I really believe that when we teach our kids the word at a young age, it, it it's like a seed that is planted inside of them. And that seed cannot be removed. Uh, you know, even even the Bible, it says in John 10, 27 through 29, it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. So this is talking about when we follow God, that no one can take us away from him. And so when our kids learn to follow God, no one can take them away from him. And so, you know, we're going to talk about the importance of that relationship they have with God. But ultimately, before that relationship even begins, they they need the word in order for them to receive God to walk with God, they need to, to get the word and the word will take them to that place and, and keep them planted. And, you know, I just even know from my life, like I grew up in the church, 
I have so many verses memorized from different programs I did at summer camp and Awana's club for kids and all of these different things. And it's, it's so cool how just even in this moment when I was talking about no one can snatch the word out of your kids like that verse came back to me and I had to look it up to get the specifics of it, but it's, it's planted inside of me. And so I, I have, you know, I grew up in the church, but then had years of rebellion and ran away from God and made a lot of bad choices, which I really hope my kids don't go down that path. But ultimately, God's word was still inside of me. And he was always drawing me back the whole time. And so when we get this word inside of our kids and we, we teach them to have that relationship with Jesus, that is going to protect them even if the worst case scenario happens and they rebel. And so this is so paramount is just to get the word inside of them. So make it a priority in your guys' life. What Wherever you're going to need, you need to do it. Figure out what that looks like, where are you going to make it a priority to get scripture inside of them? Okay, number three. um, So after we read the Bible and teach them it, we need to, number three, help them apply the word to their lives. And I talked about this a little bit in the the last episode as as well about teaching your kids. But just to talk about it in brief here, we need to help our kids understand when we share Bible stories, like, how do we apply this? What does this mean today? And, you know, one of the the main uh, Bible stories we're doing now, I think it's the one I told you in that episode as well, is the story of Daniel and the lion's den. And I do think this is a really good one in terms of what our culture is saying and teaching our kids to have the courage of Daniel to stand up and do the right thing, even when no one else is, even when the consequences for doing the right thing seem really terrible, like being eaten alive by lions, right? (laughs) And so when we tell our kids this story, we have to ask them questions, give them ideas and help them apply and even just bring them up it up in different scenarios. So yesterday, oh, this story is not a fun one to tell. (laughs) Yesterday I had, the house had gotten really out of control. I was trying to catch up on like weeks worth of laundry. The dishes were a mess. It was bad. So I spent the entire day trying to catch up, which is not obviously a fun thing to do. And I just didn't even have time to like play with my kids. It was a sad, a sad day. Okay. But I'm almost done. I'm like, okay, I'm at the stretch. All the laundry's folded. I just have to put it away. Almost have all the dishes done. And so, you know, we usually sit down as a family for dinner, but my husband was gone and we were running late for bedtime and I just wanted to finish the dishes. So I just made my kids like a quick meal and had them eat it. And the dining table is just around the corner from the kitchen. So I can't see it, but I can hear everything that's going on. So I'm doing the dishes. I can hear them in the next room laughing and they had had a great day together. Like, you know, lately they've been really fighting a lot and it's driving me nuts and I'm trying to teach them how to love each other. And it just didn't seem like it was getting through. Finally, yesterday they played so well all day together. So it was a great day. So they're giggling at the table and I'm like, okay, they're kind of laughing a lot. So I should probably check on them, but they're fine. They seem happy. It's fine. I'll keep finishing these dishes. I just want to get these done before bedtime. (laughs) Oh, and then my son comes in and I don't remember what he told me, but essentially I turn the corner and there is brown rice and peas and sausage all over the table, all over the floor, all over my children. And apparently they had decided to have a, um, toddler food fight and, um, yeah, my day of cleaning. Now there's just one more thing to clean. And it's not even like I can have my kids do it because they're just not old enough to clean up that caliber of a mess. 
Like it's, it needs some mom help. And so that was, that was a doozy. We had lots of conversations. We, they got some consequences. It was, it was a rough one. But as I was talking to my son about it, you know, I asked him what had happened, what was going on in his heart that he had made that choice. And, you know, of course he started talking about how my daughter, you know, and she's two, he's four. She started talking about how she had started to throw the food and he just thought if she was doing it, he should do it. And they thought it was funny. And I said, okay, let's talk about that. Like, but there's going to be some times in your life where everyone else is doing something that they think is funny and it's going to look cool and it's going to look like a lot of fun, but you know, it's not the right thing to do. And you're going to have a choice and you're going to have to decide, do you do the right thing and stand alone or do you do the wrong thing and have a little bit of fun? And so, and then I reminded him of the story of Daniel and I said, Daniel, like he was the one that stood alone. And it wasn't just, he wasn't going to be cool if he, if he didn't do the right thing, he was going to get eaten by lions. And so I talked to him about, Hey, we, you have to be ready for this to come because this is not the last time this is going to come. You're going to be faced with this all throughout your life. And you need to choose to have the courage of Daniel to stand up and do the right thing. Even when it's not fun, even when it's not popular. And so that's like what I mean by applying the word of God to their lives. You have to help them see like, what are we aiming at? What, what is this passage trying to tell us? What is God speaking to us through this and really help them figure out how to let the word of God just become their worldview, become the lens, which they see the world through, right? That as they're going into school, it's not just like, oh, that's a fun story. And they're not really thinking about it throughout the day. They are now seeing like, okay, wait, where's it? Where's a possibility where I can have the courage of Daniel? Like, is there a scenario? Or like when that scenario pops up, they're going to be like, wait, my mom told me this was going to come. I have a choice right now. Now, ultimately they still have that choice. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But when they are reminded of that. They're going to be a lot more aware of the choice that they're making. They're, they're going to be reminded. It's not just simply the choice to have fun or not. It's the choice of doing what is right in the face of everyone else choosing something different. And so it's going to, it's going to mean something different. And they're going to have an example to follow of this cool guy named Daniel, who spent a whole night alone with lions. Okay. So we've got to figure out how to help them apply this to everyday life. And I gave some more examples in that, again, that episode I keep referencing, uh, but just some other quick examples is to make sure we're talking about sin, helping them see when they make those bad choices, it is sin. And again, culture does not say that. Culture says, oh, you're dysregulated. Culture says, oh, that's developmentally appropriate. No, it's sin. Like, okay, yes, their brains are still developing, but that doesn't make it not sin. Sin is sin. So like at what age, if we're going by what the world says, at what age would they, would it become sin, right? Like once they turn four years old, these behaviors are now sin, which before they were just appropriate. No, like we need to help them understand that these things are not okay. Speaking in a dishonoring way is not acceptable. Grabbing a toy from their sibling and just taking it from them, that is not acceptable. I don't care what age. Now, when I say not acceptable, what I mean is that it is sin behavior and we need to teach our kids 
how to do what God says, how to share, how to love, how to um, honor, right? But we need to acknowledge that that behavior is sin and call it that and talk about it. Now, we don't need to overemphasize this. We don't want them to have shame. Uh, Their sin is not who they are. And we do need to specifically say that, hey, this, you made a bad choice and that bad choice is sin. But that is not who you are. God made you good. That choice was bad. And but God has forgiven you. That's why he sent Jesus. And we reinforce that again and again and again. But we need to use the language of sin because the world has really kind of grayed out what is sin, what is bad, what is good. And it just is confusing. And so we need to help them see far more clearly that th- that kind of behavior is sin. Okay. A couple other just quick um Quick things that uh, ways I help my kids apply the word, and again I shared these before, but for what it's worth, I um, you know teaching them like in when something's hard and they say I can't do it, and you have them say like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I just I need to get like my two year old on here to say it because it's the cutest when she says it. Now you know I can do all things that might mean asking for help, but I you know it's never can't. And then, um, you know, another one is like when they say that they're afraid, I ask them, do you need to be afraid? And they say, no, because God is with me. So just like little kid like ways, obviously you have to figure out the age of your kids and what's appropriate, but teaching them how to apply God's word. So now anytime they're scared, they think, oh wait, I don't have to be, I don't have to be afraid. God's with me. Or anytime they're struggling with something, they don't think, oh, I just can't do this. I'm going to give up. They think, no, God is my strength. I'm, I can do all things through him right? And so we're teaching them how to think through the lens of the Bible on a daily basis. All right. I have a few more points for you. So we're going to take this to another episode and let me just pray for you as we wrap up. Cause I know this stuff is challenging. God, I just thank you for every mama that's listening. God, that has the heart to teach her kids your word. God, I just thank you when her heart is there and the desire desire is there. God, you are going to give her everything that she needs to fulfill your word, to teach her kids, God. And so I just pray that you would just give her a confidence that she can stand on, God, that you are working inside of her. God, that you are um, equipping her for this, equipping her for the conversations and teaching. And God, I just pray that she would begin with herself, God, that she would make sure she's planted firmly in a church and planted in your word, God. And as she does that, God, I know you're going to just show her how you want her to teach her kids, God, because you chose her to be the mama for these kids. So she's exactly who they need. God, I pray that, um, yeah, just for a confidence and a peace in that, God. Uh, We thank you, God, that your word just makes us whole and brings us peace no matter what is happening around us. And we just praise you for that. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Thank you.